0: G'day, beer lovers, and welcome to The Antidote, a series of special episodes of Brews News Live. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum. In this series, we hope to engage with the beer community to share their insights, to get some ideas and strategies, and to provide an online gathering place. It is, if you like, your virtual beer garden, and we welcome you all. I uh, am joined each day by my Brews News co-host, Brews News Week co-host, and good mate, Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt, and happy Easter.
1: Happy after Easter, Pete, Yes.
0: Yeah, Sorry. well, we, we we have wished each other a happy Easter already, but uh, that was for the benefit, I guess, of the listeners. Not necessarily the chat room, because it's a you – know, I don't know if you've heard, Matt, but it's um, uncharted waters, unprecedented times, and it's a fluid situation, and things are changing <laughs> at a rapid rate. And, um, look, uh, yeah, a few things happen. We've, can you believe? I, I can. Um, yeah, Friday, no drama. Oh, actually, Friday is good Friday. <laughs> oh, mate, look, I, yeah. I kinda it kind of snuck up. It, it, it,
1: I've just been – Dealing with the next thing, um, you know, for the last three weeks, just the next thing, the next thing, not looking further ahead, you know, than just the next thing. And, you know, so suddenly I'd sort of, you know, committed us to an episode Friday and thought, oh, yeah, look, we'll do it. And I'll be honest, I woke up Friday. Yeah,
0: it it was hard.
1: It was hard, yeah, like it's hard going doing it every day, plus everything else that we've got. And uh, so, got to Friday, and I just said, had to, you know, as you know, I sent you a text just of saying, mate, do you mind if we don't do it today? And then uh, Monday, so, uh, but we had this, um, the, the story that we're talking about today that was sort of breaking news. So, we're, we hadn't broadcast that we were going to do on Tuesday, but we can see that some people have started to join us in the chat room, and I'm sure no one will complain. Uh, when this pops up in their feed because it's going to be a great show.
0: Yeah, exactly. And look, it's probably one of those things where uh, I I guess what we're talking, the topic that we're going to bring up today and chat with, we're going to speak with Corinna Steve from Prancing Pony Brewery in the Adelaide Hills of South Australia and to Karen Stanley from Stanley Lawyers. Um, Talk about the fluid situation and ever changing. Uh, They adjusted to the lockdown regulations and restrictions uh anyone who's been to prancing pony and anyone who even if you haven't been there if you've met frank and you've met corinna you know that they are all about hospitality they are all about uh their business is is people their business is welcoming there's a a beautiful table that's made from the most beautiful piece of of native timber and it's called the stump stump which is the, like the family table. It's like a special table, and that, that's a reserved table for um, you know, f- f- special guests, if you like, and, and it's a, a German tradition. That's the, the heart. That, that sums up in one piece of timber um, what their whole, uh, I guess, business philosophy is all about. They've had to adjust really quickly to, boom, you can't have anyone in, but you can do takeaways and you can do deliveries. So they get up to that. There's a long story behind that and heaps of elements to it. And then all of a sudden, uh, they're told the next minute, "No, sorry, you can't do it because you're. Uh, we don't want tourists coming to, you know, being attracted to the area." Uh, so look, we'll get all the details. Um, but yeah, it's it, it, it's kind of come come about very quickly. And we thought, I don't think anyone would really mind if we if we did a sneaky on a Tuesday.
1: Exactly, and I was just sorry. I just nearly had uh, Corinna.
0: Oh, I, was, I was hoping that I, you know, padded enough for you.
1: You did. Um, <laughs> I, I think
0: she has been very busy. It's fair to say. Um, I received an email this morning from um, Stanley Law regarding the uh, where they're at. They've got a um, uh, now is it? I don't know. change.org, I think it is. I haven't well, seen that up. yet, but we've got Corinna here, so we might just uh, say... Well, she can she can fill in the details for us, but I can tell you that as of this morning, there was 4,104 people had signed the signature, they're aiming for 5,000, so hopefully we can... Um... Uh, sorry, 4,166 now, I've just updated. And we've got oh. Corinna here, so Corinna, welcome to the antidote.
2: Uh, hello, how are you?
1: <laughs> Very well, sorry about that, things are a little bit on the fly this afternoon. That's okay,
2: that's
1: okay.
0: You're probably very um ver- well versed at making things up as you go along just at the moment Karina.
2: <laughs> we have to. It seems like the goalpost is changing every minute.
0: <laughs> and I, I don't know if you heard my uh introduction. Um while Matt was phoning you. I don't know if you if you've got online yet, but no, I, I basically said for haven't. those people who haven't been to your venue, you you don't even need to if if you've met Yourself. If people have met you and they've met Frank, they know that your whole business philosophy is really based around uh, embracing hospitality and, and bringing people into to the the prancing pony family. And that's probably, I guess, the the, the main thing that's that you've had to change.
2: That's right. I mean, um, but even with us now not being able to bring the family here, so to speak, uh, in physical terms, it's been absolutely gobsmackingly. Uh, humbling, uh, to see how many people have just rallied behind us. It's, it's, we're quite overwhelmed by the support that we've received.
0: And it's fair to say that the Adelaide Hills community, um, in general, uh, but also I guess the the hospitality side of things, it, it's very much based on um, you know we're not competitors. We're together. We all bring people to the region. We look after them. We send them home with uh, a glowing feeling and, and memories of the place. So uh, I, I guess that must be I guess a difficult thing to to adjust to that you you know you're now having to uh, I guess go out to your locals but that's i guess where we part of the problems uh, have arisen
2: yeah to to be told that you can't um allow a um customer into your premises and i'll give you an example this afternoon one of our regular customers he's a farmer he lives a bit outside of mount barker uh, he has two small kids and, and they don't get the social distancing really they you know one of them Wanted to run up to me and ask me whether I could get one of our rocking horses down and said, "Oh, can you see how fast I can run?" And I had to say to him, "Look, I'm really sorry, but I can't serve you." And he just couldn't believe it. He said, "I just brought my car to service next door, and you can't serve me from here." I said, "No, I can't, but I can deliver it to you." So, um, <laughs> could <laughs> so you so could you end- deli-
0: you could you could deliver it to the mechanics?
2: I delivered it to him. I won't say where I delivered it to, but I delivered. I put what he bought in the car and I drove a distance and I delivered it.
0: You, you ticked the boxes in a, um, that would satisfy I did a, a, pedant, delivery. a pedantic yes. person.
1: I didn't break the law. Now, Pete, I'm just going to put Corinna on hold for one second because I'm going to get Karen Stanley uh, to explain the legal situation to us, if that's okay. So yeah, no, for sure. If you just want to just a just a to... I'll pat out a little a bit second. just about
0: the uh, the change.org um, petition uh, that was started up. And that's how, I guess, it, it got my attention first. And not because the law had changed, but because it seemed that an interpretation of the law by SA police um, at a local level had, um, now, whether they were under instruction, whether they were doing uh, routine patrols or whatever and saw, oh, hang on, there's, there's people still coming, uh, not into the venue, but are, are doing a click and collect kind of thing have then – Karen will be able to explain better than me, but I think it it seems that there's an interpretation of the law that's been uh, um, perhaps taken differently to the letter of the law.
1: So good afternoon, Karen Stanley, who's the solicitor for Prancing Pony uh, Brewery. How are you this afternoon?
3: I'm well, thank you. How are you?
1: Not too bad. We've got Corinna on the other line. So, But Karen, maybe you could just explain to us what the situation uh, emerged on Thursday evening uh, for Prancing Pony.
3: Um, Well, so on Thursday evening at about five o'clock, a police officer came to the Prancing Pony and uh, gave Karina a direction that she had to stop trading, stop doing takeaway. She was allowed to uh, provide some specialty, I I think the wording of it was uh, specialty grocery items and beverages as long as they were delivered off the premises.
1: And these were directions issued under the Emergent Management Act, Emergency Management Act aiming to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Uh, that, that's correct, isn't it?
3: That's exactly right, yes.
1: So what was the rationale? Because a lot of businesses have been able to do, you know, click and collect or turn up and, you know, um, have people collect their food. What was it about Prancing Pony that uh, saw them fall foul of uh, the, the police direction?
3: That is a really good question. And that's a question that we don't know the answer to. So under the Emergency Management Act, which is basically Australia wide, it's the it's state act, um, but all the states have identical acts. And when a state of emergency is declared, and we see that happening sometimes You know, during the bushfires, a state of emergency is declared, and then that enables certain things to happen, including the police having really wide powers. And one of the things that the police can do in a, when an emergency has been declared is that they can issue directions that, in the opinion of the police chief, are necessary to prevent whatever the risk is. And in this case, it's the risk of the spread of coronavirus.
1: Now, wineries had been given this direction because they're primarily tourist, tourism businesses that attract people from outside of the area. Is, is, is that right?
3: It is, it's, it's quite hard to understand exactly why wineries were given this direction. So if I can just talk you through the direction, there was a direction a few weeks ago that um, listed a whole heap of non-essential businesses and licensed premises were one of those. And all non-essential businesses had to, they didn't have to close down, but they had to um, stop having customers come onto their premises There was then an exemption granted to licensed premises that they were allowed to do takeaways um, as long as that it wasn't consumed on the premises. So that was the direction for a while and all licensed premises in South Australia were bound by that direction. So they had to close to customers but could still do takeaways. A few weeks ago, there was a cluster of coronavirus in the Barossa Valley. So the police then extended that direction to say um, wineries can't even do takeaway. So they have to, they um, can't even have people come onto their place, get takeaway food. They have limited scope to serve some food or to have some food available and some drinks as long as it is delivered off-premises. And that direction talked about wineries and outdoor areas associated with wineries, which I think is probably a cellar door.
1: Now, Corinna, we've still got you there. Yes. Corinna, just explain what when all of the shutdowns happened, how did Prancing Pony respond to that? What did you structure yourselves uh, and what service did you provide?
2: So it feels like we have reinvented ourselves about six times in this whole scenario. You may remember that we were affected uh, through the Adelaide bushfires, not directly. We didn't get the fire to us, but uh, there was a directive already then from the Premier's office that instructed people not to visit the Adelaide Hills. And that, of course, already resulted in less visitation, even from day trippers from Adelaide up to the hills. So we already experienced a downturn in revenue during that period when everybody was supposed to be happy and celebrating. When the first directives came in, we immediately responded to that and we reduced the number of tables and chairs that we have in our brochure. If you've been here, you know we can seat about 120 so we restricted it to about 60 so we complied with the one person per four square meter rule and then when the next set of uh, directives came in to not serve people on site we reduced our furniture even further and made our brew shed into a pony shop where we would uh, sell our beers we moved our fridges around so people Uh, could be served directly on the door they didn't have to come in if they didn't need to we immediately established an online menu where people could order their takeaway food and package some beer in with it and we started offering a delivery service but really you know our business is not a domino's pizza so we're not really geared up for that we have a a Ducato Fiat truck, and it feels a bit funny to deliver (laughs) a a pizza in that to a customer. But, you know, we we reinvented ourselves, and and, and that's what we did. Um, And the takeaway was quite well supported from the people because a lot of people work in the flats. They work down in Adelaide, and they come up home, and they drive past the pony, and they take a pizza, and they take a six-pack home with them. Um, so to be told that we and and Saturdays sorry and Saturdays we would have a very successful drive-through bottle shop where people came and they could purchase their beer. We popped it in their boot. We went with a what is what's it called contactless uh, tip and go or uh, tap and go sorry tap and go on the F machine. We even went as far as doing if uh, the amount was above $100, uh, we processed it as two separate uh, transactions so that people didn't have to use the pin pad. So we served with gloves, we had sanitation stations up. Uh, Frank has rejected the brewery to make sanitizer and we've pretty much done everything that you could possibly imagine a brewery of our size and capacity can do.
1: And I I, 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 I should add that you've got a background in medical science in immunology, I believe. So it's not as if this is all foreign to you.
2: No, in actual fact, um, I did my undergraduate as a biology student and specialising in immunology and physiology. And for quite a number of years, I taught Patho. Uh, physiology if, if you know what that means that's the study of disease and so I'm actually a bit more familiar with the life cycle of a virus and um, what it can do and even in here I took it on up on myself to make sure that our staff understood what a virus is and how it transmits and what our best course of action was to combat it and keep our staff and our customers safe. So we were holding hand washing sessions for all of our staff to show them how to scrub properly, and uh, instructed them to do it every half an hour. And we had sanitation stations set up at literally every corner of our of our uh, brewery.
0: Karina, I'm. Um... Intrigued, because I know listeners to this program perhaps are unaware that you hold uh, several records for uh, motorbike racing. I was really hoping that um, rather than just the Fiat Ducato, you <laughs> might have been delivering you and Frank on, on your motorbikes. How, how have you managed to get uh, the deliveries done?
2: So we, obviously the bikes were no option and, and very, very sadly for us, um the dry light racing was cancelled this year for the same reasons. And that's a bit beyond me how uh, because we're so social distancing out there. We're going at fast speeds and we're about it, we're I was gonna say it would take a vi- another, a pretty so.
0: mean virus to catch you at what, two hundred and thirty five uh, <laughs> miles per hour.
2: So it's yeah, it's it's a bit of crazy world we've all woken up to, isn't it? Um so we deliver it at the. We have two um, vehicles. Uh, one is our Fiat Ducato, which we usually use to do larger deliveries, and we use that one. And the other one is a, a Suzuki, um, which is our from our salesperson. But um, our neighbours, we've got. Uh, you've been here, Pete. You know that we've got we're in a few car yards around us, and yep, yep. Uh, one of the car yards just the, uh, across from us has actually offered us. Two cars for free to use to do the delivery so that we can do that more speedily. And um, Adam um, uh, from the uh, Adam May from the Adelaide 36ers, he's their CFO, so uh, he's not a player, but he's the CFO. He he saw our Facebook and he said, "I'm coming with the car and I'm going to help you deliver pizzas."
0: Well, that really shows, doesn't it? That that whole, that community aspect, Um, which I guess brings us to, you know, the update, the current situation. So where are we at at the moment? And maybe um, Karen might be best place to sort of say, um, I, I guess, well, Corinna, where are we at now? And then Karen, where do we go from here?
2: So at the moment, uh, look, Pete, we are law-abiding citizens. And as you know, Frank is also a scientist. So we stick, we're a bit sticklers to the rule in a way. Um, so we do what we've been told to do. We do not trade from here, but we're innovative enough to say, well, we will deliver. And we will deliver anywhere. Because at the moment, I'm just trying to make a point. So if you order your beers from Adelaide, we actually deliver it or we utilise Sendal or Australia Post or something like that. So we will still continue with the delivery. We have heavily lobbied our uh, governments. Every single MP that we can think of that has any influence uh, has received a letter from us. I have written a very lengthy letter to the police commissioner to explain our situation. I've written to the Premier's office and we hope that we can solve this amicable. I hope we, uh, I hope that the Commissioner can see that an error has been made in the judgment and that they're reversing this directive very quickly. So
3: that's what we're hoping for.
0: And Karen, uh, what's, so what's, what's the next step from here?
3: Um, there, there are a few steps that they can take. I mean, one one of the steps they could take is to defy the order um, and then risk getting uh, the fine every day and then challenge that fine in court. Um, would, a, would a lawyer that recommend
0: is, that course of action, Karen? No, no. <laughs> well,
3: um, just just because um, it will attract unnecessary police attention, um, yeah. and I I just it, it is not something I could I would recommend. Um, on, a, on the opposite extreme, um, we could go to the Supreme Court and ask for a judicial review, which is when a decision of a government um, is made and if you're not happy with that decision, you can ask the Supreme Court to review it. And there are a couple of grounds that we could argue. First of all, that it was um, that they've used a um, direction to a winery and Prancing Pony is not a, wi- a winery. And then the other ground we could argue is that this direction to the Prancing pony to close is not a lawful direction because it's not necessary to um, reduce the risk of the spread of, um, of coronavirus. And, you know, how, how can it be when there's um, a brewery and then right, you know, within a couple of minutes, there are cafes that can still have people on site and then, you know, there are the big takeaway franchises that they're still allowed to trade. So there is a real inconsistency. But there has just been a, um, a press release by, um, by SA Police that has given me some hope. Um, and they are certainly aware about of, of the media attention on the Prancing Honey Brewery. Um, and what they have said is that um, they are continually assessing the requirement for restrictions. And I am just going to read the press release that I've just seen, which says... The positive response by South Australia communities over the long weekend is heartening and the requirement to maintain the restrictions imposed on businesses such as the Prancing Pony is currently under consideration in consultation with the Chief Public Health Officer. So that's really heartening to me. What that says is that this is being being reconsidered. And as I read that, part of me wonders whether... It was just a shutdown over Easter. I don't know to stop tourists getting out over Easter. doesn't make it lawful, but um, but I am hopeful that it is being reconsidered and uh, Karina has done an excellent job of pleading her case out in public. It is really clear that um, Karina and her staff went over and above with, um, with hygiene and sanitation and there's probably far less of a risk of the spread of coronavirus at the Prancing Pony than just about any other business in the state. So I'm really hopeful that all of those things will be taken into consideration and that the Commissioner of Police will decide that it is no longer necessary for that restriction and will lift it.
1: Oh, well, fingers crossed, I guess. So uh, let's we'll touch base with you with you tomorrow and see how
0: it's all going. Okay. Yeah, it'd be great if we yeah get some keep keep our listeners updated.
2: Yeah, let's keep that wind in our back, and let's hope that um, you have a wonderful, beautiful day like we had today, and let's hope that the sun shines just as bright tomorrow.
1: Oh Well, thank you very much for joining us, both and Karina. Uh, all the very, very best uh, as as you guys deal with the, uh, the the challenges that date back to the tourism impacts of the, of the bushfires but now this so uh, uh let us know if there's anything we can do but all the very best uh as you guys deal with it
3: thank, thank you. you
0: thanks and corinna just before we let you go can you just yeah. for the benefit of our listeners um tell us the name of the the special table at prancing uh, bay that is reserved for, for the special family uh, people
2: so for everybody out there, when we finally are able to open up again, we have a table called a Stammtisch and this is no, reserved for, for all the locals, and it translates into the tribal table, and this is where all the important decisions are made.
0: Excellent. Well, don't listen back to this episode, but just um, um, be assured that that's exactly how I pronounced it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Just take my word for it. I Mark. will, I will. from Prancing Pony <laughs> and Karen you, from Stanley Law, thank you very much for joining us on The Antidote. Thanks
1: very thank much, very guys. Much. Cheers.
0: And good luck in German. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, well, that's heartening. I, I, I do wonder because I... My heart sank when Karen said, "Well, you know, our, our other option, uh, you know, Plan B, is to take it to the Supreme Court." And I'm thinking the wheels of justice grind so slowly on a good day. Oh, you, you you think that that's just a you know pie in the sky sort of stuff like that. You know, that's not going to help in this situation when you know we need action now. Um, but to say that you know it it looks like perhaps there is. S- Uh, Yeah, perhaps it's it's based 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 around the Easter Easter holiday and I can understand a little bit of, you know, sort of tightly puckered sphincter syndrome with the police to say what we don't want is a heap of people thinking we'll just do some, you know, uh, support the local industry and and pour into a a tourist area. Mm. Um, So hopefully that was the reason. I guess, for this interpretation. Uh, and it'd be interesting to know, you know, whether it came, you know, does it come from, you know, like regional command level? Does it come from a, a station level? Or does it come from, you know, just the, I, I guess, the copper on the beat um, making their own call? But it's, uh, yeah, on, you know,
1: it sounds like Wiser Heads might be... Uh having their so about to prevail mm, so we, we, which is very exciting um, and you know like I, I was speaking to Corinna earlier this morning and just you know like you could actually hear the emotion in her voice and just the stress that it's brought on so uh, you know seriously uh, the best of them will be touching base with them tomorrow but somebody else who's been doing a bit of pivoting Pete?
0: Not Dave the Dodger Patton We've, I'll tell you what, he's pivoted so hard. We have tried to track him down, I think, from our second episode. He was one of the, the first of our visitors in our chat room, and we thought, no, he'd be a great one to, to speak to because, um, speaking of wiser heads prevailing, uh, Dave is, is one guy in the industry that I've always found. I always learn something new every time I, I speak to Dave. So it's great to finally get him on The Antidote. Dave Padden, welcome to The Antidote. Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> oh, hold on. You so,
1: you're sorry really sound a little voice, bit nasty. But, uh, I hope that's
4: just the I was going to
1: say, that. hopefully that's not our sound system. Hopefully that's your voice. You, uh, How are you, mate?
4: Mate, I'm, <clears throat> I'm doing pretty well, and we'll see how my voice goes over the, uh, the course of this call. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, one of the reasons I couldn't talk to you last week was I had a pretty nasty uh, cold and I couldn't talk. Mate, um,
1: I, I, it must be going around. I have I, felt that I've been uh, let down because I've had this nasty cough for about two and a half weeks. But uh, you Just know,
0: the two of you. Yeah. Because this is the situation at the moment. You don't, like people are going around like making up stuff. Oh, no, I've just got explosive diarrhea. <laughs> rather than saying, oh, no, I've got a bit of a cough. Because people go, oh, no, coronavirus.
4: Yeah, it's really nice going shopping with this voice. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to come there.
1: So, mate, how are you going? Like, it's been what we're coming up three weeks since the serious end of um the, the COVID nineteen has really descended upon us. How are you yeah. guys going at Akasha?
4: Oh, look, after listening to the last call, we're doing all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and, and cry poor. That's for sure. I mean, look, <clears throat> we've had the we've had the same challenges as everybody, um, you know, in certain parts of our business and. I guess we, we count ourselves a little bit lucky in that a very large you – know, we've moved our business from five years ago being keg-only to um, these days being about 70% of our business is in cans and packaged beer. So, um, you know, that long pivot in its, in its in its own right was one we're very, uh, very, very thankful for right now because, um, yeah, we lost 30% of our business, but it could have been a hell of a lot worse.
1: Yeah, look so, that yeah. – it, it, and they do say timings, everything, so what was it that saw you pivot towards um, even before this um, what, what what saw you mm. start to move towards putting an emphasis on packaged
4: oh, it, it was a, it was a long decision, and we moved to cans around just oh, have to be a bit over three three and a half years ago from bottles to cans and the uplift in our pa- you know in, in our sales in packaged product was was huge at that time, and we just we, we, we always saw strong growth in that part of our business from year to year whereas kegs were certainly growing but nowhere near, near the rate right as as packaged. so um we saw growth we saw the market move from to a more drink at home model to a drink at the pub model and um yeah we did that, that part of our business has continued to grow so we, we just focused more and more on that which yeah, standing here today was was a good move and certainly not why we did it but it certainly um yeah made the hit to us a little bit a little bit uh a little bit better mate
0: are you thinking um, like what do i do tomorrow or are you looking forward uh in in terms of forward planning a month two months ahead um let's say worst case scenario you know lockdown um and it may be different for new south wales as it is for south australia Mm. as it is for victoria and tasmania um Mm. are are you thinking ahead in terms of okay how do we hit the ground running
4: yeah, I think I think we've certainly got two eyes open at the moment and we're not, um, you know, we're very lucky. Um, our, as I said, we've lost 30%, probably another, yeah, you know, and again, our tasting room is not a huge part of our business either. So let's say we lost 40% of our business. We've had a bit of an uplift in package. So we're, we're still brewing. We've got um, every single staff member, aside from casuals in the tasting room, still fully employed. Um, we're, we're doing okay. Um, obviously, the, the government's helped enable that. Um, so we've got one eye on, how long is this going to last? And as a, you know, everything's been pretty stable now for a week, which is a long time in this current environment. And we pivoted hard three weeks ago um, to enable all you know, almost things we're going to do anyway. Online sales we've never done before. So we offered online sales to um, just Sydney Metro and um, contactless pickup, takeaways, the usual thing. Um, and that was, has been incredibly popular for us. So that's, that's sort of given us a bit of a leg up there as well. So one eye on what's happening out there right now and how we can, we can continue to, to stay alive and then one eye on what do we do when this all ends because we want to be ready for that as well because um, you know, we don't want to be left sort of going, oh, shit, we're ready to go, what do what we do now? So we've definitely got two strategies running in parallel.
1: How do you prepare for, for, for what comes after? Because every day, you know, the, the, you get the sense that there's a lot of pressure for this to end as quickly as possible, but at mm. the same time, the government is really sort of making sure that our expectations are that we're settling in for an extended period. Um, so yeah. how how do you start balancing being ready and, and, and what does being ready look like?
4: Yeah, but, well, I don't think that, you know we've all got to, try to get the crystal ball out and see what it's going to look like. And I don't think it's going to go back to what it was before. And, um, you know, who knows? I think it's going to be a hybrid. I think when we all, you know, if somebody hits the button and allows life to go back to some something like it was before, I don't think we're going to hit the, you know, the stop button on the on the changes that we've made to our business over the last three weeks. Um, and we put a lot of work in. I mean, three weeks is is a pretty short time to pivot business and um, we're pretty proud of the way we've done it um, and how successful we've done it. And, and I think our, our locals really like it as well. So I don't see that going away. I see it somewhere sitting sitting somewhere halfway in between. Yeah, we'll get our tasting room back, but we'll be able to stay in and have a beer and all that sort of thing. But I don't see some of these new initiatives going away. Maybe not as popular, but I reckon I'll still be there. Um, we, were, we were lucky enough, again, a couple of months ago, um, you know, we installed a brand new canning line uh, when we also started doing our own wholesale deliveries around the Sydney metropolitan area. So we kind of had the infrastructure there ready to go to, one, pump out some more package, but also we've got the cars and the vans and the trucks on the road to deliver all these um, direct-to-consumer um, orders as well. So it was pretty lucky.
0: Dave, we go back to normal um at, at, at whatever time that happens, do you see yourselves just going back to the way things were, or do you do you see that your business will have
4: changed um, yeah, yeah it's i mean it already has changed as i said i see it, we've we've changed probably you know half of our business into being a direct to consumer model and delivered you know, on the road and take away that kind of thing. I see it turning back a little bit, but only halfway, if that makes sense. So yeah, we'll have our t- as I said, what about tasting everything back online, but I reckon we'll continue on the way we are. Um, certain, Don't, t- just t- on, on that, Dave, do you reckon you've
0: sure. got an advantage over the local um, you know, ALH as an example or the Pokey pub mm-hmm. or, you know, the you know, the the drinking man's pub on the corner? Um, mm-hmm. that more people have perhaps discovered you during this time and that maybe you've you, you're able to convert
4: some of their regulars to yours it's really it's a, this is something we have been mulling over as well as what are, what are people drinking are people going? i've seen some research in the states about are people going back to their staple their trusted um beverage of choice whether that be a case of two is new or extra dry or or even back to um you know back to getting back to core again. We've always been a strong believer in, in our core offerings and that, that really is the, the real backbone of our business. And I, and I reckon we're seeing more of that now as well rather than that chasing the new thing. So um, I think but was, we'll see a little bit of people going back to that, whether that be a Skinner and you at the Ari or, um, yeah, we've got some new customers. Um, but most of the people we've seen pretty uh, coming in and getting takeaways probably, uh, I think the upswing in... In volume, really is people drinking more rather than brand new customers but um, I really do see people just going back to a bit more of their comfort level, which is having you know, a case of that parallel rather than a four pack of parallel and a, and a you know, ice cream. IPA or whatever it is that's brand new don't this week. Do do. no, don't oh, yeah. just let I that stuff push it in there somewhere. But, mate,
1: <laughs> one of the interesting things, you know, like for the last two or three years we've been talking about um, hospitality and opening a tap room is keeping, mm. you know, is, is the lifeblood of breweries and <laughs> suddenly they've all had to close it and we're seeing businesses such as yours that have managed to you know external taps are very very hard to get but Mm. you've augmented with a like a very strong packaged um aspect to your business you know Mm -hmm. it, it just it just seems like a really really tough game um where businesses like yeah depending on what's happening in 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 the economy um, mm. Businesses just need to be really, really broadly based um, to survive the various uh, challenges that come up, even outside of this uh, situation.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, it's going to be look. I, I think a lot of our, a lot, we sell a lot of the locally. There's no doubt about it. We do have a strong focus on package, but you know, we're still selling seventy percent of our products here in Sydney. So, um, and then a big proportion of that is our locals and without our, whilst tasting room has never been a big focus for our business, it's been a very important one. So where people can come down and, you know, this is similar to what Prancing Tony me, it's somewhere where people can come down and see us, meet us, feel us, you know, there's only, the only way you can do this to come down the brewery and experience that. You might go away and then buy your, you know, case of Freshwater Pale Ale from Dan Murphy's, but that's okay. But um, I think the brewery, visiting the brewery, having a schooner at the brewery is a very, very, very important part um, of the entire offering. So, yeah, hopefully we'll get it back soon. I don't know how long it's going to be, you know.
1: Oh, well, when you don't, but one of the things that, is, that I've just... like It's just one of those vibes that you've been picking up that as this goes on, yes, we're seeing the fantastic uh, Keeping Local Alive campaign that is very much about survival, but I get the feeling that there is a really positive... Long-term benefit of people are becoming very aware of where, lo- your, what local means, and the value mm. of having a local brewery. Whether you know whether it's um, like a, a producer or a brewer or anything, people are go- you know, people just seem to have a really become switched on to supporting their local. Do you think that's yeah. going to have a long-term benefit for for business?
4: Well, I reckon we are heading there anyway, right? I think, I think as breweries, we recognised how important our locals were, and we kind of, we're coming around full circle to that whole local model of people, you know, being that hub of activity in the community. You we're already heading there, weren't we? I think, and and this has really, really brought that home. Um, you know, it's the locals who are all turning up. You know, we had a mon- Monday today. Normally, for us, would be dead, but we've had people wandering in all afternoon, grabbing some beers you know, saying hello from a safe distance. But, um, you yeah, know, they still want to come down. We, we could easily deliver their beer for free tomorrow morning, but they still want to come down and at least wave across the brewery at us and kind of feel like they're back in their brewery, right? So I think we're already heading there. I think people understood the importance of that local aspect. Um, but you're 100% right. It really has hammered that home. Um, you, know, we, we, you know, we're all doing the right things. We're all buying from our local restaurants, supporting the pubs supporting very much the guys that are doing a hell of a lot worse than we are, who have had to close their doors almost completely. So, um, And I, I'm the same. I, I, I miss that meal from you know the restaurant down the road, so I'm ordering it. Um, it's not just about trying to support them, which it is, but it's also about it makes me feel I'm supporting them, I'm getting the meal that I wanted anyway, and everyone's happy. So, yeah, the local thing really is... Has been and will be hammered home over the next couple of months.
0: Yeah, well, Dave, it's certainly good to hear that. Um, I guess you you pivoted before it was cool, um, <laughs> and in that you know seventy percent of your business is now packaged rather than um, than keg product, um, but also really. I guess heartening to hear that, uh, apart from the casuals in the tasting room, who presumably yeah will hang around and, and be looked after, and, and they can step back in uh, when 100%. things are are better. Um, but it but it's good to hear you know I guess a good news story um, that that things are going well for you, and we and we wish you all the best here at uh, at the antidote.
4: Thanks, mate. Thank you. I wouldn't, way, I wouldn't say we're going well, but I think, yeah, compared to some well, of the less, others, well, in less
0: less bad than some
4: others. Less <laughs> <laughs> bad. It's still a struggle. So I don't sleep them. very much. But, but you know, look, the number one thing for us, um, before anything else, is 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 these guys here. Um, we've got a lot of long term employees in the business who have supported me for a number of years, and um, it does make me feel pretty good to be able to keep going in this environment and provide them a job get out of the house all that kind of stuff um but it's our little family here that has to come first and and then from there we'll we'll, we'll support our community as much as we can as well so we'll keep going as long as we can
1: and Matt, I, I guess that's the, the 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 point as we settle in you know three weeks in and we're starting to find a little bit of you know new uh you know business as unusual um you know i think people are putting on a brave face and they're Sort of saying that it's it's good, but it just means it's not as shit as it could be. Is is, is it really what I'm picking up?
4: <laughs> it is a bit like that. I mean, it's not, it's not good by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, we've made a few changes with, you know, we're all, we're all trying to support each other. And if we can just get through, I mean, there's been another, I mean, one of the other things that we've done is I've always tried to you know, this business on having very, very good relationship with our suppliers whether that's the you know, supply of our ingredients, whether that's the bank, whether that's the landlord, and all of those guys have all come to the party as well to help make sure that we can keep everybody employed for the next three to six months. Yeah, That means maybe putting off some some bank repayments for six months. It means we've negotiated a, a lower rent in line with our loss in revenue. Um, all these kinds of things, which at the end of the day, came to us quite easy because we, we have very, very good relationships with our suppliers and and really pride ourselves on that, and that's helped us along as well. So it's certainly not something we've just been incredibly lucky and in our revenue is still there. We've had to um, make a number of cuts, but we've also had a, a pretty bloody good um, source of providers underneath us that have um, helped us to that as well.
0: Yeah, well, Dave Padden, um, Matt and I and all our listeners in the chat room, uh, excluding you because I noticed you dropped out when you, uh, when you picked up the call. So I thought, <laughs> I oh, thought our listeners had gone down I thought, oh, no, while time um, But <laughs> on behalf of, uh, of everyone in the the Antidote family, we wish you all the best and look forward to having a real beer on the other side. Thanks for joining us on the Antidote. I can't wait.
4: How good is it going to taste?
1: Oh, mate, looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Oh, guys, uh, Before I go, I just want to thank you guys for doing this on a daily basis. I, don't, I, I think you understand how important it is um, for us, the industry. It, but it's um, it's it's really, really nice, really, really um, a, a good uh, gesture from you guys. So I really appreciate it. And I'm sure, sure I speak for everybody else as well.
0: Oh, man, thank you for that. My pleasure. See you guys. Thanks, mate. Get back in the chat room. <laughs> <laughs> we miss you. See you later. Well, well, there you go, Matt. It took us three weeks and three days, but we or two days, but we we finally got Dave the Dodger Padden from Akasha Brewing on the antidote.
1: And it's always good to to get Dave's uh, point of view, as you said. Like he's just one of those guys who's you know sort of always upfront, um, and you know tells you what he's really thinking.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's so it's just it's it's not that he's a, a a guy who thinks outside the box. It's just that he has just some genuinely good you know he, he just looks at situations and, and sees things that i'm sure other people do see but uh i guess just articulates them to you know dumb asses like me who don't see that i guess the business picture of, of how to run a brewery or how to how to you know design and, and craft a beer mm-hmm. um and yeah every time i, I i'm able to, to, to speak with him or or be involved in something that he's involved in uh, i learn something new
1: Exactly. So, uh, yeah, but it was, it was great, and to the, the list of people that we're looking forward to having a beer with <laughs> is, it grows uh, every every uh, episode.
0: Mate, we're going to have a have to couple of, we, you and I between us are going to have to have a couple of AFMs, a yeah, few yeah. months, um, just to prepare ourselves for the, uh, all, of, all the promises that we've laid out. Exactly.
1: So uh, now Pete, tomorrow is, so this was a kind of caught everyone a little bit on the hop. So thank you to the guys that have joined us late. Um, as we said, uh, Monday, uh, we, we just had the weekend off. We both needed, needed the time. So uh, we forgot about the public holidays. Yeah. Friday and the Monday. And all yeah, we, we were going to do it, but anyway. Um, and <laughs> then that, with you know, the what's a public holiday, <laughs> prancing pony stuff, we decided to do something because it was breaking. And then we got Dave on. But tomorrow, uh, all things going well, uh, Pete, you and I will be chatting with Pete Brown um, live at five. Live at five, um, so he'll be uh, having his cup of coffee while we have uh, maybe a beer. That's it. So join so, us yes. tomorrow afternoon yeah. for Pete Brown to hear how things are going in London.
0: That's it. Well, Matt, uh, that'll do us for this episode of the Antidote. Thanks very much to everyone in the chat room for listening. Thank you to all of uh, our listeners who have been downloading the podcast and catching up. As I say, it's important not just that you hear, I guess, what's going on, but um, as many of our guests have uh, said to us, it, this is—it's therapeutic, it's cathartic. It's um, you know, sometimes you're kind of you know trapped in your own. Uh, kind of lonesome and you, you're thinking all these things and uh, it's, it's hard to be positive when it, it's all, I guess, one way. But when you actually enunciate it, when you actually say to somebody else, you know, this is what we're doing and this is what we're trying to do and this is how we're going to get through it, um, can sometimes, oh, you know, just get a load off your chest. So uh, we like to think that, that that's what we're doing. Um, so thanks for, for sticking with us uh, for as long as it takes. Uh, Matt, I've got another cracker. Okay. Warming up for the, uh, for the outro, so if you want to hit the strum, send us home. And that was the Wuhan clan with We Didn't Start the Virus on Radio Brews News Afternoons with Maddie and Pete. And we're out. Was that a giggle? Did did I make you laugh, that one?
1: Uh, That was a good one, Pete. That was good. Yeah. (laughs) I'll pay that one. There
0: we go.